Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. I'm starting a new series on generosity, as you might have guessed, and uh, there's a couple of reasons why I want to do this now. As some of you know, our uh, fiscal year ends on December 31st. That means that we are into a new budget, which you know also means that we haven't had time to get behind uh, in our giving, right? And so I, I'm hoping that you'll come, and so that, that means that uh, I'm not coming to you to pressure you to give something that because uh, we need it, right? And I'm hoping that you'll be able to listen to the series on generosity without your arms crossed and saying, hey, you know, yeah, convince me, right? Uh, yeah. Second reason why I, I want to talk about generosity is that this time of year, uh, is a time when we evaluate who we want to be, what we want to have happen in our lives. And my guess is that you want to be a generous person. My guess is, is that you want to live a generous life. I, I think intuitively we understand what Winston Churchill said when he said, uh, may, we make a living by what we get but we make a life by what we give. The quality of your life will be connected to your generosity. So I'm with Andy Stanley when he says, generosity is not what we want from you, but it's what we want for you. It's, uh, uh, if you are going to be the kind of person that you want to be, you're going to be the kind of person uh, who God wants you to be. Generosity will be part of that equation. But I recognize that it's hard. See, we're born selfish, self-centered. Have you been around a two-year-old? What's one of their favorite words? Mine. After no, it's after no, then it's mine, right? No, mine. No, I, I, we have a great family picture of my sister and her cousin, same year, uh, same age, about two, two and a half years old or something like that. And they're, they're, they're fighting over this children's chair. They're, and they're playing a tug of war with it. And in the background, there's the identical chair, right? <laughs> but they, they want that chair. It's mine, right? Uh, and they want that same, uh, that same chair. And when we get older, we just get savvier in terms of how we say, it's mine. It's mine. Uh, here's what I know. One of the significant evidences that you have been transformed by God or are being transformed by God is that you are becoming a generous person. See, we are being transformed into the image of God, and you know that God is generous, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. God is generous. And if we're being transformed into his image, then we will be generous as well. We will reflect who God is. That's transformation. Part of being transformed by Christ is becoming a generous person. So this series is going to have three parts. Today we're going to look at the generosity of time. 
Next week, we'll take a look at the generosity of talent. The week after that, we'll look at the generosity of treasure. So come with me to the passage we read. If you have your, your uh, phones or tablets or if you just want to look at the screen, Mark chapter 12, let me read it again to you. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple, treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she's given out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This may be, seem to you like an odd passage by which to talk about the generosity of time, but it seems to be that in the culture that we live in, often time is scarcer than money. Money's scarce, time is scarcer. Um, now, some of, the, some of the busiest people I know, and I know a number of you are retired, some of the busiest people I know are retired, but you get to cho choose where you place your time. But there's something else that happens when you grow a little older. Energy becomes an issue, right? And so it's not only about the generosity of time, it's about the generosity of energy. Um, just don't have it the same way uh, we do anymore. I, I, I feel that. I used, to, I used to be able to work 14, 16-hour days back to back to back. Never think about it, right? Uh, I can't do that anymore. And so part of being generous with our time is also being generous with our energy. So when we look at the generosity of time, generosity of energy, often we feel like the widow. We only have a few copper coins to give. Verse 41, calling his disciples, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. Jesus is watching people give. Not sure that he's given up the habit, but I want you to notice that, that Jesus didn't condemn the, the rich people who gave large amounts. All he says is that the way God tallies things is different than what you might think he, the way he tallies things. Um, you know, someone gave $10, Someone gave $100, someone gave $1,000. Who gave the most? Jesus says it's not necessarily the person who gave the $1,000. He says, no, God, God has a different accounting system. He says that the one who gives the most is the one who gives the most compared to what they have. The most generous person is the one who gives... Um, the most out of what they have. So the first thing I want you to note, see from this, is that when it comes to the generosity of time and energy, don't compare yourselves with others. Um, 
because you probably can't see the whole picture. Uh, we, we all know those people who are, and I try not to envy, um, we all know those people who are like energizer bunnies, right? Um, they parent kids, they run small businesses, they exercise, they help a church, they, they bake uh, muffins for their neighbor, and they do so all the while they're posting the best pictures on Instagram and Facebook, right? You know those kind of people. Seems to me that these people have a 30-hour day and their body turns water into Red Bull. Uh, I, I, I don't get it, but don't compare yourself what your neighbor has to give and what you have to give is different. Um, the stage of life you're in, the energy that you have, uh, the situation, the life situation you find yourself in, affect what you have to give. When it comes to time, for some of you, giving a couple hours a month is more than some who give a couple hours a week. But the question is, are you being generous with your time and with your energy? Churches and non nonprofit uh, uh, organizations have noticed significant decrease in volunteerism uh, since COVID, and it's it's really hard now to find volunteers to help with work. It, um, it seems to me that some of this is healthy, and some of this is unhealthy. Uh, I think people over COVID uh, discovered the joy of, as they would say in the Ottawa Valley, not running around like a chicken with your head cut off, right? Um, they just over COVID, we found, yeah, I don't have to be out five nights a week. And I think there's something good in that. On the other hand, I think people have become recluses or gone into hibernation mode and have chosen not to re-engage. And they may even know it's not all that healthy, but they're choosing not to get involved anyways. I don't think that's, that's good. It's problematic. Problematic for a number of reasons. One is your spiritual health, for your spiritual health, you need community. You really do. You need to be around people. Uh, two, if you're, if you're going to be generous with your time and energy, you have to war against your, your desire to hibernate. Um, Self-care is a, is a big theme these days. And I'm a big fan of self-care. But a lot of people, when they think about self-care, is they think, oh, I need to pamper myself. Um, if you're going through a difficult time or stressful time. People think, oh, I need, a, I need a care for myself. I need to pamper myself. The reality is, is that you cannot do your best self-care apart from community. And as you know, I'm an introvert. And I'll tell you that, too. You can't do your best self-care apart from community. See, self-care involves giving and receiving in community. Uh, the latest study on burn, studies on burnout tell us that the best way forward for the people who are 
burning out is to care for others, to actually go outside themselves and to care for others. If they just focus on themselves and just try to care for themselves, they won't climb out of that burnout, burnout hole. It turns out that being generous with our time and energy is not just what it means to be transformed, it's good psychology too. So you have a mite, few copper coins of time and energy. How do you give? What do you give them to? Let me give you some guidelines. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not under, reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Paul's talking to the Corinthian church and to uh, the community, uh, and they're collecting for the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem is going through a, a famine. But I think this verse helps us when we are talking about time and energy and giving from it. Um, giving of your time and energy is a choice. Um, consult your heart. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Note where the choice takes place. It takes place in your heart. Your heart is your, your whole interior self. It's the spiritual side of you. It's a place where Jesus lives. It involves your mind and your will and your emotions. All of your interior self. That's where you make the choice to uh, whether to give or not and what to give. Um, you consult your inner heart, including Jesus. If you're a believer, if you put your faith in Jesus, then Jesus resides in you. He's come into your life. What I find, and what you probably find too, is that in making these kind of choices, when you take Jesus into account, then you tend to choose out of your best self. If you don't take Jesus into account, oftentimes you choose out of your worst self. Somebody comes and they ask you for something, some time, some energy, and you take it to Jesus and, and you choose out of your best self. And you listen to him and you pray and, and he may tell you, no, this isn't for you, or yes, this is for you. You don't listen to Jesus. Oftentimes you, you decide out of laziness or out of fear or out of something like that. Um, consult your heart. Uh, sometimes you'll look at your heart and you'll find you don't have a whole lot more to give. Um, so no matter what the need is, you, you can't give. Uh, people, some people volunteer at the expense of their mental health. Probably not a good idea. Here's the main thing. Jesus is in your heart. Consult him, listen to him. We've been teaching the abide studies in terms of how to listen to God, and I'm hoping that you're getting the hang of just listening to God for choices in your life. There's another thing that comes into play when you consult your heart. You understand that, that each of us are wired differently, right? Um, we all have different personalities, different spiritual gifts, different passions. 
Um, these are the things that make up our heart. You will become aware that there's great places to put your time and energy and not so great places to put your time and area, um, in energy. There's great places for you to volunteer and not so good places for you to volunteer. Um, here's what I want you to know, that sometimes God's going to call you out of your comfort zone. But usually, generosity of our time should fall within our spiritual gifts, our passions, how we're wired. So, some of you love to take care of babies. Um, I could do that. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, an hour taking care of a baby is like six hours counseling people, right? Like, just as the, that's not my thing. Um, some of you are really detailed oriented. Some of you have a really good uh, idea of color and design and all those kind of things. You should not put me on the design committee, you know? I just, that's not my thing. Um, we're all wired differently. Unless God has called you to out of your comfort zone, then give your time and energy in a way that matches how you're wired and gifted. You know, for some of you, standing up in front of people and talking, that's just, that's just a non-starter. But that's in my comfort zone and in my, in my wiring. So make a choice. Consult your heart. How are you wired? What are your passions? What is your spiritual gifting? You'll notice the next line. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compassion, uh, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Generosity is love-driven, not guilt-driven. There are, are too many people who function out of guilt. Uh, if you're one of those people who function out of guilt, hear your pastor speaking. Give it up, okay? Just give it up, right? Um, see, what guilt does is that it, it covers our heart. And so we really can't figure out what's going on in our heart so that we can give freely and generously um, as God has wired us. Uh, and all of a sudden, oh, i got to do it. And uh, yeah, we give out of freedom and under, instead of under bondage. Generosity is driven by love. It's not driven by the expectations of others. Um, I could preach a whole other sermon on, on meeting the expectations of others. Expectations are part of most relationships. Your boss has expectations of you. Your spouse has expectations of you. Your kids have expectations of you. Your friends have expectations of you. Some expectations are valid. If you are a trusted friend, and then my expectation is that if I share something in confidence with you, that you will keep it in confidence. Valid expectation. Um, some expectations are crazy. Talk to anybody who's working in retail these days. They'll, they'll tell you. Yeah, talk to Kevin back there. He'll tell you. Uh, some expectations are absolutely crazy. 
Here's something you might not know. The difference between someone's expectation of you and the reality of what you're able to deliver will be that difference between those two things is the level of frustration that people will experience. And some people have really high expectations and you meet them here, they're going to be really frustrated with you. Uh, that's true of yourself, by the way, too. If you have really high expectations of yourself and you come in here, that's, that's, that's where your frustration level is, is going to be. Uh, here's the thing. You are not built to meet everybody's expectations. You're just not. I'm not built to meet everybody's expectations. Um, and the reality is, is that you and I will frustrate people sometimes. Um, in other words, the, you know, if expectations are high and we underdeliver, we'll bring frustration. Um, expectations, especially in the time of, in, in the area of time and energy, can, it can be a form of compulsion. And again, you saw our verse. Do not give reluctantly or under compulsion. If you expect something out of me, then I feel a compulsion. I need to meet that expectation. But instead of trying to meet everybody's expectation, how about you take it to God, choose in your heart what you're going to give, see how you're wired. You'll find that God is more gracious with you than a lot of people. Uh, pleasing God is a lot easier than pleasing everybody else. Talk to God about the expectations placed upon you. Because some are valid, some aren't. Catch the last part of the verse. God loves a cheerful giver. When you give cheerfully, it, <laughs> it pleases God. Brings a smile to the face of God. It's one of those things that uh, if you want to please God, be generous. But do so cheerfully. So where to give of your, your time? Um, let me give you some suggestions of where to be generous with your time. This first one, um, you probably haven't thought about, but be generous in prayer. When you take time to pray for other people, that's being generous with your time. Be generous in prayer. When you take time to sit with God and you give God time, even though all your time is God's, uh, when you take time with God for something you're giving back to God, just a portion of what he's given to you, be generous in prayer. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Be generous in prayer. Another way to be generous is by volunteering for a ministry of the church. Um, if you want to know what you can volunteer for, talk to a ministry leader um, and, uh, or ask me. And uh, I'll, if you don't know who the ministry leader is, ask me and I'll tell you. You know, these, this is just a partial list of some of the ministries in our church, youth, teenagers, family nights, Sunday school, small group, the list goes on and on and on. Here's the thing. Um, you 
may be able to volunteer for one of those ministries even though you can't be directly involved. Here's what I mean by that. I was talking to Shannon Wheeler. She runs our youth, our, our youth and uh, some of you are saying, I could never be a youth leader. And some of you aren't wired that way. I get that. Um, uh, but I was talking to Shannon, you know, if I had someone to, to pick up snacks for the, for the youth and do some shopping for the youth, uh, that would take, just take, you know, one, one more task off my plate to be able to, to run this ministry well. And I know some of you, you're gifted at shopping. Yes, you, 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 you could help out, right? It's not that you have to lead youth, but there are ways to be in part of a ministry that uh, is, uh, is uh, important and valid. Uh, this is a list of the, some of the official ministries of the church. There's a lot more, actually. But, but some of the best ministries around here happen because some of you have chosen to be generous with your time with others. There's some of you who are mature in your faith and you've chosen to use it to disciple some people. Um, when God shows you someone, you, you ask them out for coffee. And if that goes well, you say, hey, would you, would you be interested in getting together once every two weeks or a month and we'll just talk about God things? Be generous with your time. Uh, or maybe you've seen a few other guys or a few other women who you think, if we were to get together and talk about the things of God, it would be helpful for all of us. Be proactive. It doesn't have to be an official group of the church. But encourage one another. And if you don't know the questions to ask, Talk to me. I have lots of ways that you can get together every two or three weeks and, and let the conversation go deeper because those things are important. Um, you may be, choose to be generous with your time by volunteering for different organizations and agencies around town. I know some of you volunteer with the table or with Silver Lake or with the Salvation Army or with Mountain of Food or with the schools, and the list could go on and on and on. We did a survey in 2019, and at that time, you people were giving about 281 hours a month of volunteer uh, time uh, to, um, to organizations outside Asbury. Awesome. I think that's great. And I see you as, as being a minister for Jesus there, and you're an extension of Asbury there. There are all kinds of ways to be generous with your time. Make a phone call, write a note, bake some cookies, shovel a neighbor's driveway, go shopping for someone who needs help, and the list could go on and on. Be generous, be creative. Um, if, you know, if you're thinking, yeah, I, I really should be more generous with my time, uh, then let me urge you to do this. Start praying about it now. Uh, talk to the Lord about it. God, where would you have me serve 
Is there something I can do in the next week? Uh, be proactive about it. Just don't wait for somebody to come to you. Look for places where you can, uh, where you can give your time or your energy. You know, we've talked about being a, a church full of well-discipled people. Part of being a well-discipled people is that we will be a generous church. And you know, I see a lot of evidence of generosity around here. I do. I see a lot of people who, who give time and talent and, and money, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. I wonder, though, if God wouldn't call us to step up our game just a little bit. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take a few moments in silence, and I'm just going to pray a prayer, pray a question. And in the silence of your own heart, I'm going to ask God to speak. And if he shows you something, take action on it. Let's pray. So, Lord... We want to be like you, and you are generous. The reality is, is that we just would really like to be the kind of person who is generous. But Lord, a lot of us have hang-ups about that, a lot of fears with that. Um, Lord, forgive us for our fears. Help us, uh, Lord, to see what you'd have us, to, how you would have us to be generous with our time and with our energy. In these moments of silence, Lord, I ask that if you're calling us uh, to be more generous or to do something specifically, that you would just bring it to our mind. Lord, I want to ask you to bless each person as they give generously of their time and of their energy. Lord, may they see blessing return to them. I ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.